Welcome to the Focus B Show, where Katie Stoddard, high performance coach, interviews experts around the world in performance and mindfulness. Now, here's your host, Katie. Welcome to another episode of the Focus Bee Show. And today I'm here with another Focus enthusiast, Taylor Jacobson, the founder of Focusmate. Taylor, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself and about Focusmate? Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Katie. Um, let's see. The, you know, the story of me and the story of Focusmate are pretty connected. Um, I, I've for a long time been passionate about human potential. And I would say that the reason for that is that I've struggled a lot at various points in my life, or, you know, really just my whole life, but certainly more acutely at times. And, and that got me really curious, like, how do I get out of my own way? And how do I become the person that I think I could be? And one particularly challenging sort of phase of my career um, was in 2011, I started working remotely for the first time. And up until that point in my life, I had been a high performer academically, professionally, and I really related to myself that way. It was like an important part of my identity. I started working remotely and overnight, I really struggled. Mm. Um, I was really unproductive you know, my particular form of unproductivity looked, it was like, you know, we talked a little about being focused. For me, it was like I was doing things, but I I wasn't doing the right things. I wasn't doing the things that were really valuable. Mm -hmm. I I would spend so much time just answering emails because it sort of felt like productivity, but it's really not, right? Like, I think being productive is doing the things that you value. Um, yes, absolutely. And so like sort of superficially, I was not doing the things that were in my job description. <laughs> that was a problem. But more like beneath the surface, I was also having this experience of like not doing the things that I wanted to be doing. It was like I was out of control. So I was still doing a lot of work. I had a long work day, but I was not feeling good about myself and I was not doing a good job. And um, in addition to that, I was, I was really isolated working remotely. So I was like lonely and then I was ashamed of my productivity and it was just a terrible, you know, I, I really started to feel depressed and that just, you know, made things worse. So um, that eventually led to me leaving that job. <laughs> um, but it also led to me just starting to study more intensively about productivity and behavioral change and frankly, spiritual growth and just personal growth holistically and realizing, gosh, this is something that I'm really personally connected to and I'd love to make it my career somehow. And I had no idea how at that time, but that kind of moment in my career was really the genesis of deciding I, this was really important to me and what I wanted to focus my career on. And, um, and then fast forward, uh, you know, where did Focusmate come from? 
so since 2011, I've continued to work for myself, work from home 100% of the time. And um, I, uh, I eventually became an executive coach and I was working with people that way. And I had a client and, who was also a friend and we were just kind of lamenting the challenges of working alone. Hmm. And uh, I guess because of the sort of intimacy of our relationship, I felt I thought, okay, let me just share this kind of wacky idea I have. It's basically my fantasy concept of like how I could how how we could support each other, like what I would really like in life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I said to I said to him, his name's Jake. I said to Jake, you know, let's get on Skype and um, spend a couple hours together and let's start our Skype call by um, sharing exactly what we want to work on. And we'll sort of coach each other to like, hey, what's the most valuable thing that you could do for the next two hours, whatever. Um, And then share that with each other and then get really specific about what we would work on like at a task level as well. And then we, you know, we wrote that down in our Skype call you know, like, again, this is a few years ago, so people were still using Skype. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then we just kept each other company while we were working. We stayed on the video. And then, you know, as we made progress, we would type a little message. Hey, I just finished, um, you know, writing this, this memo. Now I'm going to move on to whatever, doing this piece of research, whatever it was. Um, and we would check in with each other verbally, periodically. Nice. And uh, anyways, like this format was just profoundly effective for both of us as both of us were a really passionate about productivity and b very familiar with procrastination and so it just immediately was this experience where he and i were both like wow we just stumbled onto this technique that for sure millions of people would benefit from um and it wasn't it wasn't like oh this is a business idea it was just like wow that was really powerful and we've we've tried everything there is, and this was better than anything we've ever tried. So um, that experience was the spark for Focusmate. Um, Amazing. And I'm happy to tell you more about what Focusmate is today, uh, but uh, that, that's, that's where it began. And, and in a, you know, just to put a fine point on it, in a simple sense, um, where Focusmate began was, let's just make that experience available to anybody, anywhere. And so we standardized an experience called the focus mate session. It's 50 minutes. You meet your partner on video. We, we, we arrange it for you. So it's like a, a calendar where you book an appointment, we find you a partner and then you show up and you commit to what you're going to work on and you keep each other company. And, and at the end you reflect and talk about how it went. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And so you just described like the trigger, the spark moment when you realize how efficient it made you to actually work with someone else on the camera on your most important tasks. Do you believe in general that accountability has a very important role in our ability to focus? Well, what's interesting is I was just talking to our head of product about this yesterday. I think that accountability is sort of used as a placeholder for a variety of different uh, effects, mm. you know, behavioral effects that are actually happening. And so we could talk about like strictly speaking, accountability is just um, literally measuring something. Um, so you could hold yourself accountable just by 
you know, having a to-do list is a form of accountability. I wrote it down and then I could, you know, I cross it off if I finish it. That's a form of accountability. Um, so I think that we think of accountability as something that involves other people and, and what have you, but, you know, focus mate, there, there is one component of it that is accountability, which is I'm going to actually specify what I'm going to do. Um, and then I'm going to say if I did it or not, that's accountability. Um, but then you layer in another person, right? And so there's mm. strictly speaking, that's another effect from a science perspective when you share it with somebody and when you share it in writing, both of those have been studied, right? As things that increase our efficacy. Um, and then actually doing it with somebody there, um, that's a different, that's a whole other effect. Um, Updating somebody on your progress, you know, again, that's, there's an accountability piece to it, but then when you share it, that's social accountability. Uh, in Focusmate, you also reflect on how you did at the end. That's a completely different phenomenon as well, and it turns out that reflection is an incredibly productive activity. We like to do things that feel really good, like answering emails feels really productive. That's like a, what you would call an executive uh, task. Um, versus a reflective task. A reflective task might be planning your day or, or um, you know, reflecting on how the week went or something like that. And we don't like to do those because it doesn't feel like we did anything. But uh, but those actually dramatically increase productivity as well. So I'll stop there. But um, yes, I'm a big fan of accountability. But actually, if we're being like really honest about it, there's like ten different studied phenomena that are happening at once in focus mate. And if, you know, if you ask me, do I believe in the importance of accountability? Yes. And there's so many other things that are f super valuable as well. I absolutely love what you said about the reflection aspect. And it's true. It was something I hadn't considered when looking at focus mate. And I've done it already with a friend of mine who's also hyper productive. And the fact that we get to discuss beforehand our projects and ambitions for the weeks or months to come and afterwards as a reflection, it's true. It's not just the accountability behind it. It's also the reflective part. Sometimes it triggers new ideas and concepts and ways forward. So perhaps that part is almost more valuable. And the fact, like you're saying, because of working alone, and that can be sort of hard sometimes, is also the psychological support somewhere, which isn't just accountability, but almost like teamwork, even if you're both working on totally different subjects. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned a couple of things I think are really important. One is like, Sometimes we just need to have something cause us to stop and do the reflection and to be intentional. And like you mentioned, like having these awarenesses, um, I think it's pretty easy. I know it's pretty easy for me to just like wake up and think of 19 things and just start doing them. Um, and occasionally I do that and it's not very productive or effective and it doesn't make me happy. That's for sure. I feel like a, you know, a hamster on a wheel. Um, so I think it's super valuable to have, occasion to you know interrupt the kind of stream of our minds and to ask like what is most valuable or or what is my intention for this moment or today uh, I think that's super helpful you know whether whether focus mate that's one of the things it does is it forces you but you can do that any way you want to um, what was the second thing you said that I thought was really I forget. Maybe I'll remember. 
I like what you said about working with intention. I think that's what makes the big difference also in terms of performance and productivity, asking yourself these types of questions. And like you said, Focusmate is one way of forcing this approach but or forcing, encouraging it. But another way is also yourself thinking when you do a weekly review, for example, or before planning your day, okay, so what's actually my intention for the day? What are my top three outcomes for today? And not just sort of going, like you said, in the hamster wheel or on automatic pilot to try and just sort of do everything, answer the emails to get the dopamine rush, but not actually achieve yeah. anything. Well, it's funny you mentioned dopamine because I, I, I'm not a scientist, but I happen to believe it's much, you get more dopamine if you set an intention and then do the thing you intend as opposed to just doing things. Mm -hmm. uh, my experience of that is like, yes, like, you did it, Taylor, you know, like good job <laughs> versus like something that just comes into my mind and I do it. It's more of like a frantic feeling of like, oh, I have to do that thing. Um, and then I remember the other thing you said, which, which I thought was really compelling, which is the feeling of team. Mm. Um, and one thing that I, a lot of my early experiences of, of studying productivity were sort of like learning about a technique and then trying to do it and really struggling. And this, you know, might just be my story or my experience, but I feel like there's sort of like a, uh, a cultural narrative around productivity that wherein we relate to ourselves like machines. Mm. Uh, and, and at least in English, there's a lot of idioms that are machine-like. So it's like, I'm going to crank this out is like a way to say, I'm going to do this work, <laughs> you know? Um, uh, and of course I can't think of any others right now, but like, um, I, there's like dozens, um, that we relate to ourselves like we're machines or like, like there's this like ability to just, um, turn it on and it will happen. And we're just, we're super, super the opposite of that. We're like very emotional and fickle and kind of, I would say fragile or frail kind of, <laughs> and in particular, we're, we're very social. Um, mm, absolutely. Actually, this morning I was just talking to my girlfriend about how like um, one of the reasons that body language is such an important form of communication is that uh, we're, we, we don't learn to speak until, you know, well, I don't, I don't know, you know, one and a half or two, we start to learn to speak, but we sure as hell got to like figure out how to navigate our lives before that. Right. And so all that we can do is pick up on um, non-linguistic cues um and there's just like there's so much there's there's so much other evidence and reason that we are really social beings so it's like it it shouldn't be surprising that you know you you have this great experience of doing something with your friend um that makes you productive absolutely i absolutely love that especially the part about when we're young we don't even know how to speak until one or two i'd never really thought about that and I think it's really interesting also the fact that being sociable isn't necessarily a hindrance to productivity. On the contrary, it can be a boost to your productivity. And I think that's really nice because that's the difference between us not being machines. And there's this sort of concept about someone being very productive, sort of blocks, you know, all noise and sounds, sits in front of the computer, works 10 hours straight, no, not being sociable. But I think if I did that for about, you know, 
a couple of weeks or a couple of days, I wouldn't be productive at all. <laughs> the days I'm the most productive is when I have, you know, coaching sessions in between and then my tasks, I really focus. So I always thought, well, maybe that's me because I'm very sociable. But clearly, if loads of people follow the concept and process of focus mate, it's obvious that we need sociability in one way, shape or form to boost ourselves, which is why sometimes open space works quite well. And it's why also working at home can be a challenge. Totally. Yeah. And I, I think there's kind of a misconception that like if you're introverted, uh, that means you don't value those interactions. I think my experience is more like, and I'm, I, I skew slightly on the introverted side or sort of in the middle. I feel like I, sometimes I'm introverted, sometimes I'm extroverted. Um, but even when I, I am feeling introverted or acting introverted, uh, I find it can be, it can feel really good just to be near somebody else, especially if that's somebody that makes me feel safe, you know? Um, and I, I think that just recognizing that really basic human need, um, I, I happen to really struggle in like noisy environments. I could never work in an open office. Like it's just way too overstimulating for me. Um, but I do really like to be around people. Mm, there's like a fine balance between sort of open space where there's constant noise and distractions and a lot of people and also total isolation. That's what you're saying is still having people around, but not to the extent where it's too distracting. Another interesting point I find with focus in general, it's how it relates to productivity. So how do you feel that, for example, being focused makes you achieve more or get the right things done? Hmm. I think that for some jobs, for some endeavors, um, doing a kind of work that you, know, you could call it deep work, some kind of work that really requires us to think hard or be creative or kind of integrate a bunch of different things, a sort of complex um, kind of thinking. Um, it's just, number one, those are probably the sort of highest value, like economically kind of tasks that we do. Um, they're certainly not better than other kind of, it's not a better, worse thing, but if you, if you kind of deconstruct all of the work that you do in a given day as a knowledge worker, at least, um, I think that's sort of the, like, it's the, if you're an author, you, you might spend some of your time giving talks and writing blog posts and tweeting and, you know, giving press interviews and all this other stuff. But that's really extraneous. And what makes you a successful author is that actually, you know, you, you did a lot of research and you did, and you really thought hard about assimilating that into a package, into a core message and right. And like, um, sharing that in a way that you know, something that's very complex in a way that's very compelling and adds value to society and to your reader. Um, that kind of work just can't, I don't think it can be done in a sort of, five minutes here and there. I think it really requires a kind of intentionality and a kind of spaciousness to just allow your mind and your body to go through the process that it needs to go through. And that can't be forced into a certain amount of time, in my opinion. Um, so 
Yeah, I think that the relationship between focus and productivity is um, if you want to do those kind of high value tasks, which to me is a lot of what being productive is, um, or it's one very important form of productivity, then you need to create the conditions that allow you to do that kind of deep focused work. Nice, creating the conditions. I also like the different terms you use for focus, sort of intentionality and making that space. They're all sort of different ways of looking at the same thing, which I think is particularly nice. What advice do you tend to give to people who are, for example, struggling to stay focused or get distracted very easily? Aside from, of course, join Focus Maker, <laughs> save you and help you tremendously in everything you want to achieve. Aside from that, what extra advice do you give to people? Yeah. Um, I think number one is, um, be really kind to yourself. Uh, I think like we need to let ourselves off the hook for whatever sort of shame stories we have about how we are and that we're bad because of that. Um, I think that number one, I, I would guess that most of those sort of challenging experiences are extremely normal for one uh, they're like part of the human experience and we talked about that we're not machines um, so i would just start from this point of like really validating like whatever each of us is experiencing as a challenge or as a uh, as a challenge to our productivity is almost certainly caused by something that is really actually um, natural in some sense, it's like part of being human. And I think, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a ADHD expert, but um, I, I, I think of conditions like ADHD as, you know, quite possibly, quite likely, um, like a reaction to an environment that's just really, like we operate in an environment that we just didn't evolve to operate in. Mm. And, and so like going through a schooling system that really, values our ability to be linear um, and to get things done in a sort of linear fashion and to listen in a certain way and to respond in a certain way. Um, you know, it just, it doesn't work for everybody. Um, so I think there's a lot of norming in society that conditions us to think that we are wrong in some way. And that I think a much more helpful lens is like, being curious about the way that you are like, hmm, like I wonder why I'm having this experience, not from a place of wrong, but like, you know, what, what is there to discover about myself and sort of just inquiring of ourselves, like what are the conditions that are optimal for me that make me happy, that make me feel good, that make me, I think feeling safe <laughs> is a thing I've, I'm learning about recently is like transformative for all aspects of sort of, human prowess. Um, so yeah, that, that's probably like the most important thing. And then from that place, just even anything that you would consume as a piece of advice or technique or whatever, you know, if you can digest it through that place, uh, kind of self-love, self-acceptance, curiosity about what works for you. Uh, I think that's a great place to come from. That's really beautiful. It makes such a difference with all the sort of everyday tips of, you know, use time slots and use the apps <laughs> to block distractions. I say these things, so <laughs> I may be guilty of it firsthand, but it's really interesting to sort of 
first look at acceptance first you know like you said be kind be aware that it's our tendency to function also a really interesting point you mentioned was that it doesn't necessarily fit everyone to work in a linear way like you said at school and maybe also understanding that that some people you know might not function that well in the you know straight boxed conventional ways and some of these people tend to turn out to be you know geniuses and do extraordinary things because they think outside the box so it's a wonderful thing 100% and actually like i don't know genius is just a concept but i i fundamentally believe that there is brilliance or genius or whatever you want to call it in all of us um and i think another way to look at it is just like inside of all of us there is some sort of fullest potentiality or there's some something i would call like our best work you know it's like a confluence of the thing that we are most called to put out into the world and the conditions that enable us to kind of share that in the most complete way um and uh yeah and i, I think it's just like for each of us individually we have to figure out what are those conditions uh, and what is that thing um and then yeah i think anybody anybody has something that might be considered genius under the right conditions absolutely and that's where maybe the role of potential like you said at the beginning but also the role about doing deep work can actually lead you to that because it's not through answering a few emails or you know doing posts for social medias or whatever sort of small tasks that you can really tap into that potential and also really find what it is you want to share. I mean, you probably had a similar experience when you came up with your concept. Um, absolutely. <laughs> I really, uh, I, even when I was starting, I struggled to find the blocks of time to focus and like move things forward and be like, cool, we need to come up with like the first version of this software application. And I can still remember this like one day where I was like, I went to a Starbucks actually, and, and I was actually working with some sort of casual focus mate partners, but really just struggling and forcing myself to find the big blocks of time to do that focused work because like nothing else was going to actually move the needle on putting this out in the world. Wonderful. I feel that this, it can be summed up in like two key concepts here that you described. First of all, this whole aspect that you said about being kind and being accepting and realizing that we don't all function in the same way or in very conventional ways. And the second one is really finding those the time to actually work on the important tasks and what really matters. And so a combination of both, both accepting that, you know, some days will procrastinate and some days it won't go exactly as planned, but also that overall we're aiming to achieve our potential work on like the big sort of milestones and that will lead you you know further <laughs> well said fantastic well only a few minutes left is there anything else you'd like to add or share with anyone that will be listening to this interview that you feel is relevant regarding focus made or regarding this general theme of focus and productivity uh, I think we've hit on some awesome stuff. I'll just say that um, you know, Focusmate is uh, free to join, and uh, we'd love to have anyone that you know feels resonance with uh, what we've talked about today. We'd love to welcome you to our community. 
Okay, well, thank you so much, Taylor, for being here. Thank you so much for sharing all of your insights on productivity, on focus. And if you want to find out more, please check out focusmate.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Focus B Show. We would love to hear your feedback. Let us know in a review how this episode inspired you. Keep buzzing. 